Is your sales manager coaching you or conning you? Welcome to The Boss Podcast. I'm Mark McGuinness. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm talking to Felix Kruger. Felix and I are having a chat about the state of sales coaching here in the ANZ region. You see, sales coaching is the number one way to improve your own sales skills or the sales team's results if you're a sales leader. Yet not many people, not many leaders are doing it at all. If they are doing it, many are doing quite a poor job of it. So in this episode, we're going to cover off why sales coaching is important to you as a salesperson, how you can tell if you're getting sales coaching, or maybe you're not getting, you're getting something else. What's the difference between sales training and sales coaching? Felix's three-step process to coaching, as well as why it doesn't necessarily need to be your sales manager that gives you sales coaching. Okay, before we jump into the chat with Felix, can I just ask that if you like this episode, please pass it on to one other person who might benefit from the conversation. You see, I'm interested in helping as many APAC sellers as possible to be better at sales through this podcast. And if you can help with me with spreading the word, I'd be really grateful. Okay, so let's jump in and hear from Felix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Boss Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Felix Kruger. Felix is the CEO of um, Fast Forward Sales Enablement and the podcast host or the host of the podcast called The State of Sales Enablement. Felix, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Yeah, I'm really excited. So normally, we just have you know sales pros and sales trainers and and that sort of stuff. So we've gone across to the dark side today and we're bringing the sales enabler on. So I'm oh, no. <laughs> one of those guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I'm looking forward to having a chat. So Felix, you're all over LinkedIn. You've got some great stuff, you know, and I like the way that, you know, you call it the way that you see it. Um, there's some really snappy stuff there. I enjoy reading it. And as a result, you know, I've, I've listened to the podcast a few times. And of course, the more I listen and like your content on LinkedIn, you know, the way the algorithm works, the more I see. And so we, you know, we ended up swapping a few notes and, and lo and behold, we've got the same little gripe. So I thought it'd be great to get you on. We could have a chat about sales coaching because we're both talking about what's happened. Where is it? Yeah. What's going on? But before, before we jump into that, what's going on with you? Tell us a little bit about who you are, who you help, et cetera, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so uh, I've got a background in media and technology. So throughout my whole career, which was mainly um, in Australia, you might be able to tell by my accent, I'm originally from Germany, but I've been living in Australia for the last uh, 13 odd years. And I've been working in uh, media and technology uh, for my whole career. And um, it was always somehow sales enablement um, related in the sense that all of my roles were quite closely collaborating uh, with um, sales teams and essentially setting them up for success. And I also had some stints in sales myself and I essentially took that experience um, into my first business that I started, which was um, Witch 50 Media, which was a digital transformation news website for senior executives. And we work really closely with technology companies in enabling their marketing and sales teams to better understand the sort of uh, trends and topics that really resonate for those senior executive decision makers and how to utilize um, those insights better in their sales conversations. And now I've moved on to start my second business, uh, which is Fast Forward. And uh, we are a sales enablement consultancy uh, here in Sydney, Australia. And we work with sales leaders and sales enablement leaders, again, mainly in technology and media uh, around the world and fast-tracking their sales enablement efforts. So we either help them to get their sales enablement program off the ground by developing a strategy and supporting the execution, uh, or we expanding their capabilities and their capacity to deliver on sales enablement initiatives. And yeah, and here I am talking to Mark. 
<laughs> Fantastic. And I love the name of your business, Fast Forward Sales Enablement, because it makes it really like, what's this business do? It fast forwards your sales enablement. Like it's what you, you, you know, what you deliver is what's written on the tin. I love that. That's so right. you don't have to have to think about what it is. It's, it's not a secret. And I'm not surprised that you come from the sales side, because when you look at your content and the way that you talk about things and the way that you post content, I'm not, that's very, it's much more salesy than marketing or L&D. And I think, you know, that's, that can be some of the challenges for sales enablement if they don't really understand what, what uh, the sales function's like, if they haven't walked in their shoes, for example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a self-professed uh, business nerd. Uh, I love the ins and outs of uh, any part of business. And, uh, you know, that really helps me to try and understand my audience really well. And I really thrive in talking to my audience um, every day and actually understanding their issues. So uh, that's probably a reflection of that as well. Okay. Cool. So today we wanted to talk about from the salesperson side, like what's happening with sales coaching. So yeah. from my side, you know, like nearly every business that I go to tells me that they've got, oh yeah, we do some sales, we do coaching, you know, but you know, like I don't really see it and I don't think people really understand what coaching is. And, and I think there's a lot of salespeople that are getting ripped off because they think you're being told that they're getting sales coaching, but they're not. First of all, why is sales coaching such an important thing from a salesperson's point of view? Oh, look, I think Coaching is important for the development of any professional. And I really strongly believe that it's not necessarily a, it is a cutting edge method in developing your talent. Um, but I think not cutting edge in the sense that it should be rare and only reserved to really advanced companies. Coaching by the nature of it and the nat nature of the approach, which is delivered um, person to person, can be done by anybody, right? And uh, I think uh, a lot of companies are missing out on uh, the potential that coaching offers to them, right? I think something that we see in the Asia-Pacific region is that due, probably due to the lack of the scale um, around the region, um, that those coaching practices that are typically practiced by uh, high-growth, uh, high-scale companies in, in larger markets like the US or like Europe um, is not necessarily found here um, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of sales activity um, is still, uh, especially in larger sized um, uh, deal um, areas, is still being done on a relationship basis, or at least the assumption is there that um, it needs to be done on a relationship basis. And therefore, there's probably a misunderstanding that, that there's not necessarily a need to coach yourself people and to be, to be methodical about uh, growing yourself stuff. But I think I, I certainly see a lack of that in the Asian Pacific region. And even though there's more and more organizations talking about it, I think uh, it's still not enough and there's even fewer actually practicing it and uh, uh, running an effective coaching program. There's there's a lot of people talking about it. Like if you go on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and just uh, like any of those, there's a lot of people talking about sales coaching, coaching, but I don't see a lot of it happening. Exactly. You know, and from my standpoint, like coaching is the number one driver of sales improvement. But if you, if you take anybody and you put them through a coaching program uh, and, and you know, a, a leader-led supporting program and put them into a business that's got a true coaching culture, their performance yeah. will increase. Yeah. Right? Oh, it is. It's, it's, it's not a question whether they will improve. It's a question of by how much they will improve, you know. And if you, if you consider the uh, sort of investment a business makes in their staff, it's such a wasted opportunity to maximize the return of your investment. You know, for for any business, just imagine a business spends you know typically twenty percent the revenues on sales and marketing, and um, if you can if you can increase the performance of your sales team just by ten percent by um, you know having an effective 
coaching program in place that methodically increases skills and um, helps salespeople to develop in the direction they want to develop in and become the professionals that they want to become. As a business, there's, there's so much upside that it's almost silly not to do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So one of the businesses that I remember that did it very well was Coca-Cola's new business team. So that was a relatively small part of their sales force, a couple of hundred people still. So that's still large. But, you know, they, the sales leaders spent 50% of their time with their sales, the people directly below them, helping them be better at selling. Mm-hmm. So, so, but I just don't, you know, I don't see this very much, yep. and I, I think it's a real challenge. The, the, what what we want to see is people building a coaching culture or or a, a culture around sales, and, mm. and what I mean by that is, is you know, if if we're in a situation where we're talking about selling and sales and our interactions with clients all the time, with a focus on how we can be better, and you know, I said this, what should I say instead, or I, you know, I've got this coming up, how can I manage that? Has anyone got any experience? So we just start talking constantly about selling and sales, then you develop like a sales culture inside an organization and sales results really start to increase. What we see most people talking about is new products and features coming out in their platform or, you know, so some something on the technical, call that technical side, you know, like there's a new thing. And then the other thing that we t- hear people talking about is, oh, your pi- you know, your pipeline, velocity. So that's not coaching. I mean, it's mm. co- it's pipeline coaching, but it's not sales coaching. No, no, it's, it's, highly, it's highly tactical, you know, and it's not focus on the long term. I think the, the there's a few things that the most effective coaching programs I come across, including the programs that we run with clients, um, all have in common. And, you know, number one thing is that it's really long term focused. You know, there should always be time uh, for coaching unless it's an emergency situation and there's a really close deadline, you know, then you can fall back into a directive uh, leadership style and really just tell people what to do, you know, without uh, them asking any questions. But um, whenever there's there's not an emergency situation, there's not a looming deadline, I think there should be time for coaching, right? And uh, what that typically does is that you really realize the potential of your staff, right? If you ask the right questions and help staff uh, figure out solutions to problems themselves, that's when you suddenly have the connections building in the minds of the staff and uh, people actually figuring out things themselves, which uh, is much better for retention, right? There's a there's a stat out there that about 90% of uh, training content is forgotten within the first two weeks after the training, right? And coaching is so crucial in uh, really establishing um, is establishing that training and re-emphasizing the content being taught and translating that content into a real-world environment, you know? And uh, I think that's that's number one, you know, the, the long-term focus and really taking the time to coach. And then the second part to that is also once you manage to establish a coaching culture, um, coaching also can be done peer-to-peer. So it's not only the manager who has all the answers or can help salespeople um, you know, answer all the questions that they might have or figure out all the questions that they might have. But once you have a peer-to-peer coaching culture, you also have other salespeople helping each other and people with subject matter expertise um, in certain areas, helping other reps developing them further, you know, and uh, that really collaborative culture ultimately um, drives better results for everybody. Yeah. And, and uh, you know how you're saying they're long-term focus? I wonder if mm. that's one of the reasons why it doesn't get the the time that it deserves. If I think about coaching and about tactical behavior change, because that's what we're doing, right? We're taking Felix and we want his behavior to change in a certain way or her way, like a little bit over time. And we want to, you know, help shape that behavior. So 
my mindset around coaching is you're looking at a one, maybe a two percent change in you know behavior every time that you have an interaction, so that over time you've got a significant improvement in people's skills, outcomes, and results. But that improvement is sustained. So you know, to, hmm. you know the the Herbert Ebbinghaus's forgetting curve from 1885. You know, you mentioned it before about hmm. how you forget so much. So, so do you think that plays part of it? The fact that it's such a long-term game that people just replace it with training? Yeah, I think training is the lazy way out, right? It's easy to uh, to just pay for a subscription for an online on-demand training platform and say, you know, this is all we need to uh, enable our sales staff. You know, everybody just uh, watches that training content. Uh, we check how much is watched, uh, and there's part of the KPIs to to watch so much content every month. You know, of course, that's not going to do anything. And it's really easy to create a classroom environment you know, once a quarter or in some companies once a year, you know, and uh, say, okay, this is this is all our uh, salespeople need and off you go, right? But uh, I think that's not it, right? Like, I think, honestly, if you invest in training uh, without also considering the coaching angle, you waste a lot of money, you know, and that's just a fact. You know, if you consider that forgetting curve and then also consider the dynamic that typically takes in training courses that, you know, a quarter of the classroom is bored and unengaged for whatever reason. Uh, a quarter of the classroom is overwhelmed because they can't relate the, the content back to their day-to-day or they're just new and really junior and don't have the experience to actually connect it to their real-world environment. Then it leaves you only with half of the classroom actually getting value out of that. And then if you overlay then on top of that the forgetting curve, you have very, very little value coming out of the training course unless you follow up with coaching. Yeah. So we've mentioned the forgetting curve a couple of times. I'm going to put a link to some research for those people that want to figure out what that is, right? So Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hot off the press, 1885 it was. <laughs> but, right. if, but, but if you're trying to change people's behavior and train people, you need to understand some of these basic theories, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And um, I think also something that's often misunderstood about coaching is that the person being coached should absolutely own their development, right? Like they should have a vested interest in uh, developing themselves, you know? If you're trying to coach somebody who doesn't have an interest in being coached, of course, you're not going to uh, see any improvements, you know, unless that person goes, okay, you know, like I'll, I'll try and work on that so I keep my job. But those people that really excel and get a lot of value out of coaching, they answer for themselves what their career goals are, why they do what they do, and then relate that back to the day-to-day and what helps them to actually achieve those goals, you know? And I mean, in the sales context, uh, oftentimes the answer is money, right? I want to do well because I want to earn a lot of money and that's that's okay too, right? But you should also understand why you want to earn a lot of money, right? It's most likely not because you want to be able to afford a big flat screen and a PlayStation 5. It's probably because you want to provide for your family, uh, retire early, travel the world, where, whatever it might be. And answering that uh, for yourself earlier on in the process as somebody being coached will help you to generate better results as well because it helps you to um, on a day-to-day basis relate that back to the more tactical execution and uh, will motivate you um, to achieve those results that you're after okay so we've talked a lot about the theory and why people need to be coached and you know the, the importance of coaching i think we've got that sorted right so thinking about salespeople now if i'm a salesperson i'm a bdm i'm, I'm working for a software company you know i've got I don't know, nine months worth of experience. How do I know if I'm being coached or conned? Like, how do I 
like what would I be experiencing? What sort of things, how can I listen to this podcast and go, okay, I'm being coached or I'm not being coached? You know, like as a salesperson, what should I be experiencing? So if you start a job, you should really early on see that your manager makes an active effort in understanding how you best learn and um, what your personal goals are for your career. You know, I think that's a really big sign of having a manager that actually knows what he or she is doing and um, really has an has an interest in developing you as a person you know not only an interest in the bottom line sales number or uh, you know uh, revenue that you generate um, but also in the development of you as a person you know like those are really obvious signs you know in terms of learning styles there's there's different ones like people people don't learn different ways and the really good managers they will figure out for each of their staff um, how they best learn and how they best you know retain information yeah then beyond that, there should also be an active effort into specifying long, longer term goals for the career, right? And, um, you know, if it's only about uh, just generating results in the short term and fixing problems right here and then, and um, that's also typically a reflection that there's no effort into implementing a coaching program. You know, coaching programs that are being implemented effectively um, really have that structure in place that consider those longer term goals and are in it for the long run. Um, in terms of the delivery of coaching, I, I've seen both work, you know, um, can work in a really structured environment that you say, okay, you have coaching sessions uh, once a week or once fortnight uh, with your coach and you, you talk to different scenarios. That's the more, I would say, yeah, structured, low-paced approach in really high-performing environments where there is a coaching culture and also a peer-to-peer coaching culture, coaching is delivered uh, constantly, right? There's constantly an opportunity for sales reps to engage their peers and to gain feedback and for people to make an active effort into uh, supporting the sales reps and working out a solution to the problem that they're facing, you know? So those those other things. If you that, then that turn that around and um, look at the things that are probably not coaching, um, those are the kind of behaviors that you would see being done by managers from my point of view that have never been actually instructed on how to be a good manager. You know, the the almost stereotypical top-performing salesperson that has been promoted into a managerial position without being given the tools to actually manage people. That's typically the kind of person that you see making those sort of management mistakes in the sense that they don't coach, but they direct, you know. They are of the opinion that um, they have been the top performing salesperson in the organization. So what they do and the way they think about things is the right way to go. And everybody else can only attempt to be as great as they are, right? And that's obviously, that can work being really directive uh, to a certain degree, but it will never uh, allow people to realize their potential and to really, you know, solve problems in the way they solve problems and really approach things and in, uh, problems in innovative ways. So um, I think that those are typically the signs of a culture that uh, doesn't have a, a single bit of coaching in it. Okay. So thinking about sales coaching, is it typically done in small groups of one-on-one or can it be done in a large group? And and I'm assuming that, and, and it's got to be two-way, right? So, you know, just somebody saying, watch this video or or read this PDF or read this book or listen to Mark talk. Yep. That that's falling into the training bracket, right? That's not coaching. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think um, you know, coaching should always be a conversation, you know, by the nature of it, you know, and um it should be a collaborative effort. You know, as I said earlier, the person being coached has to own that development, you know, and that's ultimately the person in charge and the, the person benefits of the input of peers, you know, and it's also not always 
providing all the answers, but providing angles and asking questions or, that help the person to uh, figure out the answer, right? Um, so, you know, if you if you take a very simple example, you know, a very junior salesperson says, I've submitted that proposal and I have emailed the person uh, several times, but I can't get an answer out of them. Then you would approach it in a way that you say, okay, you know, have you, like, what's the situation? Have you seen that person being active on social media at all? Uh, do you know that person is not on holidays, for example, and so on? Okay, that's the analysis part. Then you would approach uh, the problem in a way that you assess the options being available, you know, so you would ask the question, okay, what what are the options on hand? Like, how could you get in touch with that person to actually finally get an answer? You know, I could contact them on LinkedIn, I could contact them via phone, I could contact uh, a colleague that I know um, of that person to ask if everything is okay, if that person is uh, on holidays or injured or simply doesn't want to talk anymore, you know, you assess the options and then you ask the question, you know, what, what the best way forward is. And that's three-step process of analyzing, assessing the options, and then uh, making a decision on what the best way forward is. That's the simplest coaching approach you can follow. And um, that's oftentimes all that's needed to kickstart a, a coaching program, you know, and uh, no manager in the world can tell me um, while keeping a straight face that there's no time to ask these three questions uh, on a regular basis when employees approach them with problems, you know, and it is so, so easy and it's so, so underutilized. Without even blinking, I can tell you I've had a hundred salespeople managers tell me they don't have time for coaching. Yeah, yeah. There's at least a hundred directly, I mean, directly to my face or, or via email. I don't have time for this. There's always time. You just don't make time. Right? Yeah, you prioritize exactly. other things. And yeah, I think, you know, it is a very coaching by by the nature of it. You know, if you think about the outcomes that you can generate, um, people are able to hit their long-term career goals. Um, people are able to hit their quota and create a better life for themselves and their families. You know, I think if we if we talk about sales as purely a revenue-driven uh, discipline, it is absolutely not that. If you're a sales manager, you have the opportunity to make your sales profession so much more and uh, make it so much more fulfilling by pursuing a coaching program because you will see your employees thrive and uh, see the value that those people get out of it. I think... You know, anybody who says they don't have time, don't make time, you know, and it's just simply not a priority for them. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I, I, I do agree with you there. Absolutely. And and their team's performance will be hampered by that decision. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's, you're, you're just, uh, you're just underutilized the, the potential that those people have that work for you. You know, it's just, just as simple as that. So salespeople, you know, from what Felix has just said, you know, if I can shorten that up and summarize it, you know, coaching is a two-way conversation. So if you're not feeling uncomfortable and being asked questions and need to contribute, then it's probably training. Yeah. <laughs> if if you're sweating when somebody's asking you questions and you're not sure and you're, you're really using your brain to think and getting a bit uncomfortable, it's probably coaching. <laughs> that's right. That's a great, that's a good uh, way to put it. So what if, what if I'm a BDM, okay, and I work for a software company and I'm listening to this and I now realize, you know what, I'm just being trained. I'm not getting coaching. What, am I, what options do I have today? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're really committed to the organization and um, you're generally – uh, happy in your job, um, but you could just see that there's potential for improvement and you want to develop more, you know, there's different avenues. You could uh, look at the peer-to-peer -peer approach and see if there are colleagues that are, also have interest in developing their coaching skills, you know, and you could approach that as a group, you know, so it's more the peer-to-peer the -peer approach. So there doesn't necessarily have to be involvement of a manager, even though it is desirable and um, by the nature of the job, 
I think it should be the manager's responsibility to develop their staff. But that that um, peer-to-peer approach is an option. Uh, you could seek external mentoring support, you know, with somebody who is experienced in coaching and um, is able to apply that approach remotely, so to speak, you know, like without being in the thick of the day-to-day. That is also an option, you know. Um, at scale, I've seen some organizations now um, also implementing uh, AI in the coaching space. That is only possible really if the the coaching subject matter is really framed tightly, right? So if it's really you know, sell skill related, and it's really focused on the target market, and you're really able to train the AI on providing answers to the kind of things that you say, you know, that are really accurate and reflective of, of, of real life. But um, that only helps in a really large scale global sales organization environment that have implemented and have investment in, invested in those kind of systems. But otherwise, um, yeah, it's it, peer-to-peer and face-to-face is still the, the go-to option there. I think if you see that there is no coaching being done in the organization and you are generally also not happy in the organization, I would honestly say life's too short and there's too many opportunities out there to work for great companies uh, to stick around. You know, I think there's, there's amazing managers out there. There's amazing organizations out there that have coaching cultures. I think if you think about your career long-term and if you consider the statistics around job satisfaction and managers and their interaction with staff having a key contribution to job satisfaction, I think it is worthwhile to reconsider where you practice your profession and where you want to develop your skills long-term. Yep. Look, I think that's really good advice. Life's too short. Go and find someone that's got your interests in mind, not just theirs. Absolutely. So how can people get more of you, Felix? Like, What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to have a chat about sales enablement? Yeah, so... LinkedIn is my place where I hang out the most, as you can find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Felix Kruger, Kruger with K-R-U-E-G-E-R. And uh, my business is Fast Forward. Uh, You can also check me out on gofastforward.com. So it's uh, G-O-F-F-W-D.com. I publish a whole lot of content about uh, sales and sales enablement on there, including my uh, podcast, The State of Sales Enablement, which you can also find on any major podcast platforms. I interview sales enablement and sales leaders from around the world um, about the topic of sales enablement. So if you're interested in learning more about the subject matter and you have some time left after listening to Mark's uh, podcast, uh, I'll definitely recommend tuning in. Well, I listen to it, so I'm sure they'll find some time. Felix, <laughs> uh, really appreciate coming on to the Boss Podcast, mate, to talk sales coaching. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mark. <laughs>